This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. So today we're going to be reading from verse 3 to about verse 5 in Seneca's 28th letter on travel as a cure for discontent. And you remember from the previous episode that we discussed the first couple of verses where Seneca is essentially establishing his argument that if you're going traveling abroad and looking for all these places as a cure for your ailment, your internal illness, you might say, uh, then that's not going to cure you at all because the problem is you take yourself with you wherever you go and uh, the problems that you're seeking to cure actually lie within yourself. Uh, And so if you change yourself then everything outside of you begins to change. But if you think that you're going to gain a cure from outside of yourself, uh, then that's uh, you've got another thing coming, essentially, is what Seneca would say. And so in today's episode, as I said, we're reading through verse uh, 3 to 5, where he kind of continues this line of thought and give us, gives us some other interesting ideas to think about in relation to this idea that uh, ultimately traveling and uh, you know searching outside of yourself for a cure is not going to be uh, the, the ultimate... Uh, uh, well, the ultimate cure. So we're going to dive in, we're going to read, and uh, we'll see what we can take away from it. So Seneca says the following, quote, Reflect that your present behavior is like that of the prophetess whom Virgil describes. She's excited and goaded into fury, and contains within herself much inspiration that is not her own. And then Seneca quotes Virgil saying, The priestess raves, if haply she may shake the great god from her heart. You wander hither and yon to rid yourself of the burden that rests upon you, though it becomes more troublesome by reason of your very restlessness. Just as in a ship, the cargo, when stationary, makes no trouble, but when it shifts to this side or that, it causes the vessel to heal more quickly in the direction where it has settled. Anything you do tells against you, and you hurt yourself by your very unrest. For you are shaking up a sick man. That trouble once removed, all change of scene will become pleasant, though you may be driven to the utmost ends of the earth, in whatever corner of a savage land you may find yourself, that place, however forbidding, will be to you a hospitable abode. The person you are matters more than the place which you go. For that reason, we should not make the mind a bondsman to any one place. Live in this belief, I am not born for any one corner of the universe, This whole world is my country. If you saw this fact clearly, you would not be surprised at getting no benefit from the fresh scenes to which you roam each time through weariness of the old scenes. For the first would have pleased you in each case, had you believed it wholly yours. As it is, however, you are not journeying, you are drifting and being driven, only exchanging one place for another. Although that which you seek, to live well, is found everywhere. End quote. 
Okay, so there's so many interesting ideas in here, you know, starting off obviously uh, with this idea that uh, he kind of continues his previous argument, which is that it doesn't matter how many places you travel to, if the issue lies within yourself, which likely it does, you know, all your travel, it's not going to be a cure. And in fact, what Seneca suggests is it actually might be even worse to you. You're essentially shaking yourself up, right, when you're already a sick person. And, and this really cuts to a core issue that Seneca tries to help his readers with, which is this idea of, uh, you know, sometimes in life when we get too stressed or overworked or anxious or, you know, we, we uh, deal with internal issues or, uh, you know, we've, we've got all sorts of bad habits that are building up and we find ourselves kind of being scatterbrained all the time. Uh, you know, Seneca kind of sees that as an illness of the soul and he, he, he really tries to get us to pull back and not just to say, what can I add to my life from the external world? What can I go and uh, add to myself in order to uh, cure myself? But he says, no, no, you don't need to add stuff. In fact, you need to rest a while. He has the same mindset when it comes to reading. You know, He says that if, if you've got all these different books, right, and, and you're just going from one to another, it's kind of like the sign of a fussy stomach. Rather, you spend a lot of time with one really good author so that you can truly understand how they think, right? And then you can move on to the next one if you like. But uh, to be scatterbrain and to scattermind, right, uh, to to move around constantly. And that's, that's the sort of thing that he's talking about here with travel as well is, uh, you know, you can really do a lot more damage by just constantly seeing what you can add to your life. And man, this is something that I need to learn as well. You know, when I, when I read these sorts of things from Seneca, I think this is exactly what I do, right? Uh, I'm constantly thinking, what can I add? What can I add? What can I add to my workload? What can I uh, add to all the, the things that I'm trying to create or the things I'm trying to achieve? But uh, seriously, some of the best benefit that I've found in my life is actually pulling back and saying, I'm going to do less, but I'm going to do what I really want to do a lot better uh, than I might have done it if I had filled up my schedule with all sorts of things. And so I'm still kind of getting over that uh, illness of my soul uh, in a way. And there's another key issue that Seneca kind of deals with in these, in these lines where he points out that if you would fix yourself first, right, and we talked about this in the previous episode as well, if you'll fix yourself first, then no matter where you travel, you're going to find pleasure and joy there, right? Which really stamps on this criticism that a lot of people have of, uh, well, as I, as I said in the last episode, I, I don't know if it's a lot of people, but I've heard people say this, you know, criticize Seneca's idea of not needing to travel in order, you know, and, and people will say, well, look, there's so much benefit in travel and of course you should travel. And that's not what Seneca is saying. He's saying that if you truly want to derive tra benefit out of travel, if you truly want to derive joy and out of everywhere that you go, go, you'll start with yourself because that's uh, that's the seat of your perceptions. It's the seat of your judgments. It's the seat of you know, just the way that you experience everything outside of yourself. And so you might as well start there. And it actually reminds me of this idea from, uh, from the poet Rilke. And I want to read you this because uh, Rilke says a very similar thing, but about kind of the creative process, right? Uh, he's writing to this young poet and he's kind of suggesting to him that you need to be able to find the beauty and the, the, the joy in every situation in your life. And if you can't do that, don't blame anything outside of yourself, blame what's inside. And so he kind of says the following, he says, if your everyday life seems to lack material, do not blame it, but blame yourself. Tell yourself that you are not poet enough to summon up its riches, for there is no lack for him who creates and no poor, trivial place. 
So Rilke's saying the same thing, that if, if you want to truly derive benefit and joy and experience wonder uh, in everything that you see in life, everywhere that you go in life, every place that you find yourself in, uh, you know, don't blame anything outside of yourself because that's something that comes from within. And I want to read one little part from this passage from Seneca uh, that I think is absolutely crucial to his whole argument. It, it really shows the cosmopolitan side of Seneca's stoicism, right? Because you'll remember in the, the second episode that I did in this whole series, I actually discussed one of my favorite passages, probably my favorite passage, uh, from uh, Seneca's letter to Helvia, his consolation to Helvia. And uh, in this passage, he's kind of talking about, well, as long as I can look up at the stars and track their movements, and as long as I can commune with what is divine, you know, he's going through all these beautiful aspects of the cosmos in which we are uh, bound to. Um, and he kind of says, as long as I can do all these things, what does it matter which ground I stand on? So I, so I made the argument that Seneca seems to have this feeling of being at home within the cosmos, being really at home no matter where he is, as long as he can, as he says, commune with the divine and he can uh, you know, feel like he's a part of everything that's happening around him. And that is a crucial element to this, uh, this stoic mindset of cosmopolitanism, where you start to truly identify with the world at large, the cosmos at large, to realize that you are not separate from it, but you are an integral part of of it, and you communicate with it, and you and you and you uh, you move through it, and you and you experience these amazing things in your life, and so it's it's really about developing a deeper connection with the world around you, right? And so Seneca says the following: uh, He says, "Live in this belief. I am not born for any one corner of the universe. This whole world is my country." And this comes right after Seneca is essentially saying. Uh, look within, change your internal world, and then everything, everywhere that you go will be hospitable to you. Everywhere you go, you'll find the beauty, you'll find the joy, uh, you'll find the experience, right? But uh, that can only happen if you start to change your internal world and change the way that you interact with and experience the world around you. And so at the end, Seneca kind of goes on to say, uh, uh, as it is, however, you are not journeying, you are drifting and being driven only exchanging one place for another, although that which you seek to live well is found everywhere. And I love this idea. So what he's doing is he's saying, okay, you're looking, you're looking outwardly, right, uh, for, for this, this, this ability to live well, to experience a meaningful, flourishing life, right? But if you start to look within and you realize that within you is the source or the root or the, uh, the fountain of, of flourishing that can bubble up, right? If you find that within, then every single place that you go will have within it the qualities that you need in order to live well, and that is just an idea that's really worth spending some time on, uh, some time meditating and, and seeing how it actually interacts with your own life, right? Because uh, one thing that we would suggest here, or you could definitely ask the question is, okay, well, you know, there's some people in pretty dire situations, right? Is Seneca saying here that absolutely everybody uh, can experience this joy no matter where they go, no matter what's happening to them? And he kind of goes on uh, in his letter later on to discuss some of this stuff. But at least for now, I'd say that, of course, we need to recognize that there are some situations in life that are so, uh, that, that, that so resemble hell on earth 
Earth that so resemble the most uh, uh, turbulent, horrifying situation you could be in that, uh, you know, to even suggest that there could be joy found in that circumstance, uh, then, uh, you know, is kind of an act of insanity. But nonetheless, you know, we, we know that Seneca didn't have the roughest life for somebody living in that time period, but he was exiled. You know, he was sent out of his country, away from his family, away from his home, his home. And he was sent to an island, you know, where he had to come to terms with the fact that he now had to adapt and find the the flourishing within his new situation. And we also have so many examples of of people throughout history who were able to overcome the the trials and tribulations of their life and to still find uh, inner peace or to at least find uh, some semblance of inner peace or flourishing uh, amid even the worst situations you could imagine, right? Uh, and and so it's just it's it's a difficult topic, but I'm, I really want us to focus on this idea that Seneca is trying to get here, which is ultimately that you know you're looking outside of yourself for your flourishing for your for your satisfaction in life everything outside will change if you will change inside and and i don't i don't know if that's a really disputable idea it's 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 a you know it's it's such a such a a foundational principle that one would agree on if if one is seeking uh, a, a flourishing existence or a meaningful life. It's taking responsibility uh, for for your own experiences in life, and that's, that's absolutely crucial. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to leave it there, and I hope that I've given you enough to think about in this episode, and, uh, and I'll talk to you in the next one, but we're going to be moving on with this letter, and I think we've just got a few verses to go and uh, some more interesting ideas to pick out. So anyway, I'll talk to you next time.